Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Triple Crown edition of this week's show, and we are very fortunate and pleased to have our first guest, and we're going to get right into the Belmont Stakes. He's calling us under trying circumstances. He's calling from the airport. We're very happy to have Craig Milkowski spend a few minutes with us. Good morning. Good afternoon for you, Craig. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good. Let's get right into it. Uh, Triple Crown at stake here. You know, let's just uh, start with... The number one post, which is Justify, do you see any way that he could be upset in the Belmont Stakes? Sure. I mean, I think it's possible. It's a race I'm probably going to watch as a spectator uh, and maybe hope he wins. I think it's good for the sport that we actually have the opportunity. Whether he wins or not is probably not going to matter in the end, but we've got a lot of attention there. And uh, But I think the distance is always a question of the, in the Belmont, to answer your question. The, the mile and a half is something they, they haven't run before, and they probably won't ever run again in most cases. So, you know, I think that's the only real question with him. Agreed. And, you know, to, to that point, none of them have done it. So it's interesting to me. It kind of, to me, sounds like maybe the people that are looking for value are kind of reaching a little bit by saying, well, you know, Justify hasn't run at that distance and, you know, he still hasn't lost. He's due for a loss. But from everything that we've seen, he's really conquered every test he's been dealt with, whether it's been a sloppy track, whether it's been a big field, a small field. It seems like every single type of excuse that somebody was going to use to try to defeat him, he's overcome. Yeah, I agree. And I think people are really underrating his preakness because it got a little close at the end. But uh, if this was just your regular stakes race, I mean, people would look and say, I mean, this, this horse dueled with a champion two-year-old for over a mile in the race was able to somewhat put him away, though, I mean, good magic finished well, and he still held off the closer. So, I mean, I just think it was a really good effort. Uh, and, you know, with the long distance, if some horse goes on a crazy mission and pushes on that, you know, that's where I see maybe he could be a little vulnerable. But uh, I just think he's a super horse, as good as we've seen in a long time, and that, that probably even includes American Pharaoh. We, we probably won't have as much time with the with you to be able to hit all of the horses, and there are, honestly are probably a few we really wouldn't spend that much time on. But if we get away from Justify, or if we, let's say, try to play the same game we did last time out, where you were able to sniff out Bravazo and Tenfold as some good horses to use in the exotics, who would be other horses um, that you like coming into this race? You know, the only issue that I really had was, I do think Hofberg is a nice horse, and I do think he, you know, he's a horse that I, you and I talked about, you know, when we did the Derby preview a month ago, even longer than that. Um, but I, to, to me, the only thing is that since we don't have a good Magic, we don't have an Audible, we don't have a couple of the other really big three-year-olds, he seems like he's going to be a little bit undervalued in here. Yeah, I agree. I think he's probably a good horse, but if there's one horse in the field that I'm going to played, you know, it just kind of depends on the odds. It would be tenfold. I think, you know, it's just his fifth race. He, he's run really well. He showed a bit of a new dimension last time coming from further off the pace than he had done in the past and actually closing late. 
uh, he's got a great trainer in Steve Asmussen, who's won the Belmont before, uh, and he has a pretty juicy morning line. I think he's about 12 to 1, and he might drift up even higher than that. So if there's one that really interested in me, it would be him. And, and a lot of that's because of what you said. I think some of the others, like Bravazzo, Hoffberg, they're going to be over bet. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit surprising that Hoffberg even was a 9-2 morning line. Yeah, I was. Uh, that's a, one of my coworkers, David Aragona. He, he does the New York morning line. And, you know, he think, I, I don't really think it's a surprise. I've seen a lot of talk. He seems to be the, the wise guy horse. But then again, I thought that in the Derby, and he kind of got let go. He went off at a big price. He ran okay, ran a decent race. But he didn't take the action I thought he would this day, uh, that day. But I've just seen a whole lot of chatter about him. He's kind of been pointed to here. And I think Bill Mott in New York rarely gets overlooked. Sure. And, you know, b- before I got into Timeform, and we're speaking with Craig Milkowski from Timeform U.S., before I got into Timeform with the United States editions of the uh, speed ratings, I was looking at it from the uh, European angle. That's how I kind of got hooked on time form because it gave me a little bit of an edge over, you know, the materials I was previously using. So let's talk about the only runner that doesn't have any U.S. experience, the European runner, Gronkowski. Yeah, Gronkowski, I kind of got familiar with him when it looked like he was going to run in the Derby. And uh, he, he's just not fast enough. He, he doesn't have a lot of speed early. He's not rated very highly by time form. Uh, he, he just doesn't. He looks like a complete non-contender to me in the field, to be honest. And if he's we talk good, about horses, they're going to be... Not a great downfield blocker, but he can get open like the best <laughs> of them, right? <laughs> he's got if we talk hands, about overbet horses, too, just based on the name, this is definitely yeah. going to be one of them. I mean, even if the horse were for some reason to win, it would be at a, a price that was probably 10 times lower than what it really should be. Um, and uh, we, know our buddy, we know our buddy Craig is getting ready to, uh, to depart on a flight. Craig, did you handicap any of the earlier races in the card? Is there any other, like, horse or opinion anywhere that you like throughout? It's a really strong card throughout the day. I mean, we, the, some yeah. of the races um, aren't, aren't as deep, but a lot of, lot of the big stars. Yeah, a couple of that I like real quick because I do have to run is uh, Awesome Slew I like in the Met Mile. I love that he drew the outside post. I think he's going to get a great setup. And I also love Johnny B riding at Belmont. I mean, he's just a money rider there. And uh, the other one I kind of like is in the acorn. I think Monomoy Girl is going to be really tough. But uh, my, my value pick there is I'm not a big Caledonia Road fan. I think she's got a perfect setup in the uh, juvenile Phillies. And she's the second choice. I'm going to kind of lean towards the two California horses underneath her. Awesome. Thank you very much, Craig. We really appreciate it. We got some great info in from um, yeah, And uh, fly safe. And we'll talk to you over the weekend. Always appreciate talking to you, buddy. Thanks again. Okay. Safe travels. Right, thanks, the best, yeah, the best to you and your family, Craig. Take care. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. Talk soon, guys. That was Craig Milkowski, time from U.S., calling us from the airport. We really appreciate him taking a few minutes out of his uh, busy travel schedule. Uh, he's got some family things uh, to get together on. But, Gino... Let's talk and about give justify. him a follow too, uh, real quick. Uh, t- at Timeform US, he's a great follow. Yes. You know, we talk great about it all the time, follow. especially on the big days. Like he'll he'll be watching the races throughout the day and kind of tweet his thoughts after the races and before too. And he's just a sharp guy. He makes the figures. He's really good back and forth. If you ever have a question uh, to ask him, he'll answer it. So he's great. I, I've just we've been very lucky to have in, um, him interact with us uh, over the last you know month, a couple months now. Um, he just does a great job. So 
Uh, awesome from Craig. And we had a little bit of a schedule snafu too with Joaquin, unfortunately. We'll have to get Joaquin back on uh, from TVG one time. Joaquin Jaime, he was scheduled initially to work in uh, Santa Anita today. So his shift wasn't going to start till noon. But then, you know how it is when Triple Crown, they've got schedules being changed. Um, all sorts of things are being altered. So he sh- he had the shift changed to the morning. He's actually working right now. So he couldn't, uh, he couldn't join us. We'll have to get him on again uh, sometime soon and, and pick his brain because I'm a big fan of Joaquin. He does a great job. Yeah, you could put him on. You could put him on right now uh, while you're listening. Put him on mute and uh, and listen to us and watch the races in the background. Right? Yeah, there you go. See, see, see Joaquin in motion. You can see in his hand gestures. Great job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you great, know, great. I want to go back to Craig for a second. I would love to have the ability to come up with a speed figure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to, yeah. to have my own algorithm, algorithm, and to come up with my own speed figures. And to be able to look into races from that perspective, really, really fortunate to be able to have somebody like that on our show on a regular basis, give us a totally different angle than anybody else's perspective. Yeah. And you know what's great about Craig? And it, it reminds me a little bit of, um, you know, just in a different way, you know, when when Eno Saris joins us and, and talk about analytics and I, a question when we asked, Eno, you know, kind of like the formula of. When, how, how much are you just looking at figures? And then, you know, how do you, what do you account other things? And I, I like what Craig does too, because he, you know, he makes the figures, he knows the figures, but you know, he, he'll be the first person to look at a figure and not trust it as we've seen with like the charts and we've seen with a lot of things. So he does really great job of really investigating everything. And it's really what it is. It's work, it's trial and it's effort. So he does a good job of trusting the figures, but also trusting his eyes at the same time, you know, a little bit of both. And uh, uh, we were really lucky. He, he did a great job um, nailing, nailing it spot on in the Preakness. And, uh, and he gives us uh, tenfold right back again, who's kind of the, you know, one of the more live horses, I think, in the Belmont. Let's kind of, you want to just kind of continue through the, the field here and hit some of the horses that we didn't get a chance to talk much about? Yeah, let's do that. So, you know, we went through Justify a little bit. The horse who I'm going to use um, in in the third spot, Mike, and I'll kind of mention how I'm going to play the race. I think I'm going to play – I went on and I did an uh, interview this morning. I think the way I'll play it is I'll play a try for 24 bucks, and I'm going to use 1-4-10 with 1-4-10 with 1-2-3-4-7-10 for 24 bucks. So I'm going to have Justify, Hofburg, and Blended Citizen. Blended Citizen is kind of the, the price horse that I like in here. So I'm going to use those three horses in the top two spots. And then I'll use a couple other bombs underneath in the third spot. In this case, if Justify wins, something similar to the Preakness, we could see where I could pick up a couple long shots underneath, still make some money. But we have opportunities to beat Justify in here because I, I don't – I just haven't been really too high on him or really any of his competitors, to be honest. I liked Bolt in the Derby, but not really high on anyone in the Preakness. And other than Bolt, I wasn't – a a huge fan of most of this crop. I, I never really was a good Magic fan going in. He's impressed me, though. I, I definitely turned the page on him. Even Audible impressed me with his effort. But uh, I just wasn't really too high on many of these. So uh, I think that's the way I'm going to approach it from a, a wagering standpoint. And G- Give it that three, to us one more time. So 1-4-10 with... With 1-4-10. With 1-2-3-4-7-10. Okay, let me ask you a question. So that's a $1 trifecta play. Yep. Uh, it equals $24. 
would you consider dropping it down to 50 cents and then going all oh, sure. in the last leg sure. and then maybe doing another 50 cents, one four ten box or something like yes, that, perhaps? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I, mean, I would hate to see you get the first two, you know, the exacta well, what runners I would do and is, then I not would, get the 90 to one and, and third. What you I would know? do is I'd probably shorten up on the other tickets because um, I'd show probably shorten up and probably just play tickets where I had uh, Hofburg and just a, a Hofburg and Blended Citizen. You know, on top, maybe shorten it up and then justify and then all in the in the next spot trying to beat justify ticket. Because, I, I mean, the justify, the justify winning isn't going to be like a life changing score. Even if you get a couple of nice ones underneath, it'll be a good score, but it's not going to be something that I'd be worried necessarily too much about having the all underneath. So, I, you know, I think 24 is a nice, especially like a, a nice bet to give out. It's an easy bet. Um from a number standpoint, you're not giving out something that's like necessarily too much for people who might be just taking a swing and want to play a little something small on the Belmont, get a little action. And I do, I just like the opportunity there where justify can win, you can hit, or we can beat justify. And the real key is, you know, for me, blended citizen, got to try to get that horse into the mix somewhere. Um, I just kind of like the way he's been developing. You know, this was a horse, Mike, they never thought highly of early on. And, and you, you can see, I mean, compare his early form, the first four races of, of his career to the first four races of Justify's career, you know, at night and day. But Blended Citizen, when you look at his most recent races, he's improving in every race. He's taking a, a nice step forward. He didn't have the smoothest end of the race in the bluegrass, and I still thought he ran well. And then most recently in the Peter Pan, he stretched out. Uh, he, he was still going to mile and eighth, but he, he, like, he angled out and he kind of grinded along to where it really looked like a Belmont-type effort. And I think he... He's a, a nice horse coming in at the right time. I love when O'Neill does this with uh, they did with Mario who, um, when they have a, a jockey who's had good success with the horse and they keep him in the big race and they say, you know what, you got us here. We're going to go with you again. And how weird that Doug's never had a starter in the Belmont when they were supposed to have all have another there uh, taking a shot at the Triple Crown and they had to scratch the day before the race and now he's going to try to dethrone a Triple Crown possibility here. Oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that. I would have thought between some one of the the you know derby runners that he oh, would yeah. have, uh, had he an entry. One of the one of them, but yeah, yeah. Um, you know, with Blended Citizen, here's the thing: until the Peter Pan, when I was handicapping Blended Citizen, I was kind of looking at the PPs and what jumps out. Well, to me, he just seemed more like like a he would be a better fit on turf, synthetic. Yeah, you know, much a lot of people. You know, seem to think that turf and synthetic kind of interchangeable when you're handicapping. You know, it kind of translates to success on either surface, um, kind of comparable. But the Peter Pan, what it told me was, even if he's a turf style runner and is a fantastic closer, mile and a half. I mean, that might be exactly what the doctor ordered. If you do have a, you know, hot pace duel on the front end, Justify gets burnt out, gets nailed at the wire. I mean. We well, saw it happen to uh, to even to, to Pharaoh in New York. It wasn't at the Belmont. It, it was in Saratoga. But you know what I mean? He just got got tired and, and got caught. You know, it's a grueling Triple Crown series of races. And what you know? I like is that he showed last time out um, just more tactical speed. You know, and that's what you need to show in the Belmont. Because a lot of the times, you know, we think of the Belmont as, you know, a, a race for the Stone Cold Closers. But those horses generally show more speed going you know going longer they're more they're more tactical it's the horses that are able to sit closer we don't see horses coming from way out of it 
winning the Belmont. They're generally close. Oh, you know, well, which, is, which is why I was saying I kind of viewed, viewed Blended Citizen as more of a turf runners because if you yeah, look at the people, I agree. Generally speaking, he wasn't, you know, really close. He was coming from behind like gangbusters in most of his races. But I like, like you said, showed a little versatility, tactical And that's speed. improvement. You know, yep. that, that's that's what that is. That's improvement. And that's growing up. And that's really what we've heard, what I've heard all um, a lot about this horse recently is that he's, you know, we think about it, some, something I mentioned, um, you know, uh, and, and I've, we've talked about before. It's, it's like compared to any other sport, right? Any athlete, think about, you know, any rookie that for any of the teams that you root for, some of the rookies come in right away and they're awesome. Immediately, and they impact the game. And others take two, three, four, five years to make a dent. And then then they're stars. It just depends. It's different progression for everyone. And I think Blended Citizen is just coming into the race in nice form. He keeps improving. And if he takes another step forward and Justify doesn't run his A game, then he, he could be right there with the rest of this group. The, the, that's what's tough about handicapping this race, though, is that, you know, and I look at it up and down. It's like, if they all run what's closest to their a game justifies just not it's not close and so no i doubt. i have a tough time handicapping races when wh- what you're really having to handicap is this horse won't run his race it, not even that this race won't sh- shape up for him the pace isn't good for him it might be too far it's just you have to say that about him because he could very easily just sneak away from the from the inside open up two and and it's over Sure. No doubt yeah. about it. I want to and go back to something that you said real quick, though. Uh, for, for the listeners out there that are more into you know football, baseball, basketball, mainstream sports, um, that are maybe our casual race fans that maybe tune in when there is a triple crown on the line and that type of thing, Gino made mention of uh, the rookie status. One thing that I want to make clear for those who, you know, like I said, maybe uh, only follow during certain times of the year, when Gino's talking about the fact that, you know, we're talking about a rookie, so to speak, He's going up against a field of rookies, right? So it's not like the NFL or baseball or, you know, basketball where a rookie is playing with vets against vets and other rookies. This is a race for just three-year-olds. They do have races that open things up for all ages. They have races, you know, male, female, uh, distance, surface, et cetera. I know it sounds very elementary, but just in case there's some listeners out there that are kind of interested in this, but wanted to know kind of like, well, okay, so is he a rookie going up against a bunch of, you know, all-star veteran-type performers? No, he's going up against other rookies. The entire Kentucky Derby, Preakness, and Belmont series is for three-year-olds. Yeah, not, they're novice horses. They're horses that have, are, you know, young horses, and they're still figuring it out. Um, more so just compared to other horses. He comes into your barn, and you're looking at him, and he's a young horse who just – doesn't quite have it yet more so of a horse who just needed a lot of seasoning whereas you know you look at justify and when justify came into the barn he's one of those horses that immediately when you saw him in his first practice you knew you knew sure. that this horse had it you know and, and that's, sure. that, that's what's interesting about um when you see horses that are so different meet on a grand scale and i think it's always interesting because you always see there's there's no one way to get here you know, a bunch of different ways to get here. And with horses who were supposed to be so good early on, like, um, you know, like from the beginning from Justify or even a horse like Free Drop Billy, who was really good, uh, you know, at the age of two. Or early on, Vino Rosso was a, was a highly regarded horse. You know, some of these horses who were very good all along. And then you have, uh, you know, the horse like Blended Citizen, who they, they say he's just kind of continued to improve in the mornings and he surprised them. And uh, I, I think that's a fun story. Always. Absolutely. In, uh, 
and it'll be a it, it's it's just complete opposite ends of the spectrum um, with uh, with you know Justify and a horse like Blended Citizen. No doubt about it. Let's take our first commercial break. When we come back, I'll give you my uh, trifecta play, superfecta, and maybe some of the things that I'm eyeing. We could talk to you about the undercard, and we'll also talk a little bit of NBA finals, maybe even even a little bit of NHL. So stay with us. We will be right back in a few short moments. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready for the latest sports news, the culture around the game, and unique insight? Then you need to make Kareem and the Coach your destination each week. Host Kareem Rush played for the LA Lakers and has the inside track to personas in both professional and college sports. Co-host Eric Newman is a former basketball coach and now a producer and filmmaker. Together they cover sports and entertainment in a fast-paced hour every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking Belmont Stakes. Gino and I here breaking down the big race this weekend. We're going to talk a little bit about the undercard as well. Uh, Let's continue talking about this race. Gino, you gave us a pretty good trifecta play there. I think I am going to hit the repeat button on that maybe once or twice. I like that Belmont now gives us the 50-cent possibility there. Well, so what's your uh, approach? Let's hear it. My, my approach is, truth be told, it's probably going to be more in the horizontals. You know I like the horizontals. You know I like to pick fours and the pick fives, and there's some guarantees, and um, I think there, there may be some pick four bonuses as well with my uh, TVG account. Um, but within this race, I think what I am going to do is go for superfectus. Because I remember when American Pharaoh won the Belmont, the try didn't pay great, but the super actually paid pretty well with him being on top. 
and they do allow us to play the uh, 10 cent super. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go one on top, which is justify, of course, um, tenfold bravazo and blended citizen. So that'd be one with three, seven, 10 with three, seven, 10 with all, and then wheel the all around back into the third slot. So one with three, seven, 10 with all with three, seven, 10. That's going to be my approach. I'm going to go pretty light on the race itself. So let's talk a little about Bravazo, uh, who okay. was the runner-up in the Preakness. And, you know, he if you look back at his last two, the Preakness and the Derby, he was pretty good in the Derby, too, honestly. He got bumped a little bit at the start, uh, but he was asked for a run. He was able to get outside and kind of into a nice spot. Um, he kind of moved back to around mid-pack, but he, he really did try hard all the way. And what I like about Bravazo is he... He just seems like a Dwayne Lucas horse in that he's just like an iron horse. I feel like he can run all day. He could probably come back and run, you know, two weeks after the Belmont if you wanted to. You can move him multiple times. You can ask him for some run early. You could ask him for a little run late. But the thing is, he's kind of a grinder. He doesn't have a real massive turn of foot. So if you want him, the I think the best opportunity for him is to not be far and just to try to keep grinding along because he, he's a horse that has a lot of fitness and a lot of stamina and and he'll be with justify as one that's competing in all three uh jewels of the triple crown and i think he's an underhorse you know um i'm a little worried because I, I i would like as craig said i think he's gonna be he and hoffberg both who are be honest two of the more likely upsetters if justify were to win i'd say probably like the, the first and third most likely winners if, if justify doesn't win both gonna you know be, what's interesting uh, too, though too undervalued for me yeah you know what's interesting and and you nailed it right there it's the nine to two morning line about about hofberg that concerns me more than the horse itself if i were to be critical of the horse here's what well, i would tell you well and that's enough you know what i mean that and and it, and that's, I think, one one issue sometimes that we have in horse racing is that it's okay to know a horse is going to win and not bet it. If, if it's just not the right price, it, it's it's not a smart bet, you know. And that's that's fine. That, and that's what it comes down to. It's if you know if you picking the winner is one thing, but you know we got to remember this is a one hundred percent gambling betting game. You know, it's uh, it's different than and now you know things are going to change with with sports gambling legal all over, but it's different than you know just trying to provide an um, analysis on a basketball game that you're, you know, you wouldn't have been betting on before. Now people might be betting on because it's different. You know, you're, you're going to probably say, okay, yeah, it's going to end up one of two ways and I'm, you know, the, the favorite's going to win, but it doesn't really matter because you're just trying to provide the correct analysis, you know, much different here when you are trying to make money. Um, so what, like what you said is key is that even if you like Hoffberg and even if Hoffberg's the second most likely winner, I just couldn't bet a horse like that to win at nine to two. You know, the, the, the way to make some money is to try to hook him up in other exotics. And even at that, he's still just to me, it, it seems like in what should be an eight or 10 to one shot, you know? No, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I agree with everything that you're saying. You know, here's the thing. When you're nine to two is a typically speaking, I love nine to twos, right? Under the circumstances, my thing is this. Not everyone's talking about how lightly raced this horse is, first of all. Secondly, still doesn't have a graded, uh, a graded stakes win. So, uh, you know, obviously his, his best race, you know, came at Gulfstream and 
in the Florida Derby. And usually I kind of like to discount if a horse's best performance came at Gulfstream because for whatever reason, it just kind of seems like the speed figures that come out of there are a little bit inflated. I mean, uh, I think a lot, a lot of know? the time, I think that happens with when the horses are on the lead or the horses that sit really close. I do think that he might be one of those horses that doesn't really benefit from Gulfstream Park because of his running style, you know. Um, and honestly, I wasn't as huge of a fan when I watched the race again of the ride. Um, Audible was much better than him, but it looked like he and Audible were kind of in the same spot, and Audible was just asked, and I think they were waiting, waiting, waiting for Hoffberg, and they were just trying to wait, wait, wait to ask him for a run. But if he would have moved with Audible or even before Audible moved, it might have been a little closer um, than than uh, the three-length deficit. But I I mean, that's that's what's, what's difficult about this race. He is the second most likely winner. He honestly is because he has the most upside. He's, he's always looked like a horse who is going to be better in the Belmont or, you know, Travers-type horse, just kind of a later developing horse because he still doesn't have a ton of seasoning yet. Uh, but, you know, as we said a couple times, it's just the key is the value. And um, if he floats up a little bit, I would be more inclined to play him in other ways. Otherwise, I'm going to use him in the tries. But um, for me, the the value of the race, I, it, it will go with the to blended citizen. Let's kind of continue on with a couple of the others that we didn't really hit. Yeah, but um, before we do that, Gino, let me uh, give you an updated weather report for uh, anybody who hasn't had a chance to look it up yet. I am seeing uh, 78 degrees, so uh, it'll be uh, warm enough, but it looks like there's some rain. Uh, I, I just pulled it up right now on weather.com. Do you have any idea if that's scheduled to come in in the morning? Not that they're ever, ever right or accurate, right? But uh, I think it was just like 20 per- I think it was really the last couple of days lowering and lowering the chances a lot down to like just like 20% or um, so it shouldn't, uh, it's definitely not forecast. The one that I'm looking at right now is putting, it at, is putting it at 50%. Uh, I think that probably is like throughout the day or, dur- or throughout the time. Are you specifically looking at the time or just like 50% during the day? It's 50% on Saturday, and I'm going to break it down and open it up here. It looks like it's more likely to come early and late. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's what I thought. So I I don't think there's too much of a chance of it raining during the race, but uh, definitely not nearly as much of a chance as it was in the first two um, coming into the races. So that should be a positive. Has there ever been a a triple crown with all three (laughs) being sloppy surfaces? I mean, that's a good question. I'm sure there, I'm sure there has, you know, we've had, a. I mean, just recently we've had so many of them. We've had tons just in the last decade alone. Um, but yeah, that, you but, know, when but, you look I mean, at the race, it, it, I don't know. A how winner, I mean, the same winner. Yeah, no, a, win, a winner, you know? a winner on, uh, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'd, we'd already be having to go back 40 years, right? Yeah. To look at that because we'd have to be having to go back to. We've had one in a long time before. Yeah, apparel. the triple crown winners before that and who. That, yeah, that'd be, you know, a, a project for someone to look up. Um, yeah, I'm sure back in like 1910 or something, there was I was one. not I was not quite a quite a, a thought in my parents' eyes yet uh, at, that, at that point. Yeah, I don't think your parents were even a thought in this world yet. But <laughs> no, hey, b- b- no. before we move on from, from Justify, let me get your thoughts on his place in history. Let's say on Saturday he wins. And let's say he wins uh, pretty convincingly, you know, fairly impressively. Uh, not secretariat uh, impressively, but, you know, win, wins the race comfortably and retires. Could, could there be a case that he's the best horse of all time? Top no, 10? I, I mean, no, because uh, the, the key is, is the seasoning, like the, um, what horses do 
multiple years I, for me at least and i think when it goes down is like judging all-time great horses um the the horses that suffer you know career-ending injuries or really bad you know something really bad luck are horses that maybe you can hold up a little bit if he wins this and, and then he retires he'll be looked at as a really great horse but the problem in my opinion is what will you know i think hurt his legacy a little bit is just the fact that american pharaoh did this three years ago you know, I, I, and I think that's really going to, gonna, you know, hurt. when we look back at Justify, we're going to say, yeah, he was a Triple Crown winner, but he did it right after American Pharaoh did. And whether or but not that that's didn't right. Hurt, that didn't hurt the horses in the 70s, though. I mean, no, they're still no. considered maybe the top two horses of all time. No, you're you're right. But that, I don't think he's going to be looked at as an all-time great because what he did was so quickly after what we, we saw it again. Because, I mean, honestly, right now, do you feel any we're close to the same buzz leading up as you did a few years ago with Pharaoh? I really no. don't. No, I don't. No, I, 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 I don't. I don't the... feel the same buzz. And, and you're probably <laughs> right. A lot of that probably does have to do with recency. I think some of that too maybe has to do with uh, you know the Zaya family. You know they're kind of well, loud the and, and, and brought a lot of attention to it. And the name was pretty cool too. American Pharaoh, pretty cool, pretty cool name. And it was named by uh, a killed and a, a kid. I, I, who even misspelled Pharaoh. It was kind of neat. Justify just kind of came out of nowhere in late February. I'll give you, I'll give you another thing, too. Yeah, you're right. Okay. That, that's that's key. That's huge. That, I was going to mention that, that he, he just came out of nowhere. He doesn't have a lot, a, a huge opportunity to have a big backing. You know, American no. Pharaoh was very good at too. And a lot of, you think about all of the horses that we were just talking about as the great, as you were saying, like the great horses in the 70s and 60s, and, you know, long time ago, those horses had tons of seasoning at two. And by the time they got to three and four, everybody knew who they were. By the time anybody's, you know, gets used to Justify's name, he's going to be done racing. He, he's been racing for less than four months. Can you imagine? <laughs> That's so incredible to but, really but like, let me give you, put let it into perspective, the, uh, you know? Yeah, let me give you the pros, though. The pros are, or the positives are, that he has done something that nobody has ever done, right? Which is to win without having raced as a two-year-old and be undefeated throughout the process. So Very if he true. does win the Belmont, he'll be the first horse ever that did not race as a two-year-old. And by the way, a horse that hasn't raced as a two-year-old hadn't won the Derby in like, what, 100 years or something like that, forever, yeah, you know? And, but, you know, I will say, just to kind of counter your point, I do think this is, the, this is definitely the trend going forward. I don't think this will be the last time we see a horse now going forward with less seasoning or horses that didn't run it to winning the Derby because it's just a trend with the new point system. It really doesn't make sense for a lot of these really good horses that are really royally bred, especially the ones that are bred to go longer, you don't need to run your horses going five furlongs, five and a half, six furlongs early on in their two-year-old season, especially when those stakes races aren't really worth any points or they're not going to really help you all that much. You know, you're better off having a fresher horse going long, and, and that's what we see everybody really starting to do now. Even the the good horses are still – are even – debuting a little bit later on in their two-year-old seasons and right at the beginning of three. And I, so I, I think this is kind of going to be the trend going forward. That's also an, another thing I, I wonder about is that, you know, we're in this recent trend with the point system where we're seeing, you know, it not easier, but the form is holding up a lot more in these triple crown races, in particular the Derby, um, because it's taking a lot of the, you know, the, the horses that, that were good early on at two and that were maybe sprint horses out. Um, so 
I think this is the trend going forward. Uh, you know, I don't have a problem keeping up no, crappier no. horses. <laughs> you no, know what me I mean? Neither. No, me neither. I'm just saying I think that, that a lot of that has to do with, you know, these horses are winning derbies that might not be as hard to win. Not that it's easy to win the derby, but, you know, it's just it's it's more formful. It's less of a crapshoot when you don't have three or four or five horses that probably don't deserve to be in there. Um, true, you know? true. And so by I'm the not way, saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that that's, that's how it's become. You know? Agreed. And by the way, you're talking about it becoming a trend. I think if you were to ask a trainer, they would possibly refute that because they're always going to say, well, it's all about readiness. Well, horses ready physically, you know, mentally, et cetera, we're going to race him. If he's not, we're going to hold him out. And I think you kind of have to say that as a trainer because you have somebody paying the bill. And if you're, if somebody's paying the bill and the horse ain't bringing in any cash, it's kind of a problem, right? Yeah, and you know another point in this year is the I think you you kind of started to hint on it a little bit with the Zayas is just I think it well, it turns some people off with when you have a lot of the really really big ownership groups just like involved in the multiple horses you know because it's yes. it's just hard to get behind when yep. you know you have a couple of the big boys that China are involved. Horse Club and yeah, well, and, so. Winst- and Winstar and then they own multiples and some of the major contenders you know so there's no Audible showing up in here and who knows what Audible shown up but just things like that where you can kind of pull the strings we want to see you know all the best ones show up each and every time or as close to the best field that we can get and um, to be honest we don't we don't ever really know until we look back a year later and see how these horses have kind of grown up and kind of come come on into their four-year-old year year and into their older you know as older horses but on paper to me I, I just as far as Looking at legitimate win candidates in this race, I only think there are like three or four. And and even with that, as we said, the only way I'm getting to them is really if, you know, Hofberg takes a massive step forward or Justify takes a big step backwards. You know, and, and like, and other than that, I mean, like, if Justify takes a step back, Hofberg doesn't improve, nobody else improves, Blooded and Citizen improves, sure, he can win. I think if some of these horses improve, they still can't win. So for me, it's just, you know, it was um, not as deep of a Belmont. We didn't really see a couple of the the big um, shooters that I would like to see run back in here, good magic or an audible. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think, uh, I think to conclude on just this race itself from a wagering perspective, you know, if I was going to play this race, uh, you know, within the race, trifectas, supers, exactas, et cetera. You know, obviously for me, Justify is going to be on top. Maybe I would do one saver wager, 10 cent super box, maybe five horses for 12 bucks and maybe take the perspective or the approach of let's just say Justify scratched or let's just say he just, you know, he leads and fades and is out of the money. Who would the five that I want to play be? $12 saver insurance investment, perhaps, I guess the only way that really kills me is if uh, he finishes like third, you know, and I exclude him entirely and chuck him out. But I like to do those saver plays every once in a while because sometimes those pay massively. You know, you have like a a one to five favorite that finishes off the board. Those supers pay pretty well usually. So just a thought to throw out there. Gino, uh, we've got about less than a minute for the next commercial break. Maybe we should take it now and then shift to the undercard and get a few thoughts about the uh, NBA finals and uh, talk world cup for a moment. And maybe even one of my favorite sports that we never talk about is tennis. So maybe a little, 
thought or two on the French Open. So let's take our next commercial break right now and then come back and chop it up about everything else. So stay with us. We will be back in a few short moments. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Thunder chickens beware, we're coming for ya. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, it's all about the Spring Gobbler Smackdown and our panel of pros are out for beards. Joining us is David Blanton of Bill Jordan's Realtree Outdoors and Monster Bucks, outdoor writer M.D. Johnson, and Pete Muller from the National Wild Turkey Federation. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, everyone. We've been talking about the Belmont Stakes, and I'd love to hear from everybody out there. You know, tweet us, email us, give us a call, give us your thoughts. Where is Justify's place in history? Let's just say he wins and wins throughout the summer and then wins the Breeders' Cup Classic. Does that elevate him then into top five status of all time if he's still undefeated and then retires? You know, so he finishes out his three-year-old campaign, you know, wins all the awards, Eclipse Award for this and that, maybe even Horse of the Year. Does that vault him into the top tier of all time? Love to hear from you guys. Send us uh, a tweet or give us a ring either on this week's show or next week's show. We'd love to hear from you guys. We always plaster out the phone number and... um, and uh, Twitter uh, addresses and uh, contact information. So, you know, we'd love to hear from you guys. In the meantime, uh, I think we've got Gino back on with hey, us buddy. here. Yeah. Gino, are you still with us? Know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. That was weird. I'm on the desktop, and, uh, and uh, the Internet looks like it's fine, but I just kind of cut out. So technical difficulties, my, ba- my fault on that. 
No worries. Welcome back. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the undercard. What are some of the races that stood out for you? Do you have any price plays anywhere? Do you think it's going to be a formful day? Do you think it's going to be big balloons everywhere? It's going to be chalky. It's okay. going to be, like, there's a lot of good races, but it's probably going to be chalky, especially earlier on in the card. Um, and so you can see a couple of the horses they moved, uh, a couple of the races they moved, like, earlier in the day, like Dog and Fifths, you probably normally have later on in the day. Unfortunately, Fault uh, had to miss that race. And um, uh, even, uh, or, yeah, even in the Acorn is another one. It's a little earlier in the day. It's a smaller field. Some, some nice horses. We heard Craig talking about um, uh, a couple earlier. I, I like. Uh, in uh, the Met Mile, which that's we race will go uh, to ten, right? E race number nine. Race nine, number nine okay. is the Met Mi- is the Met Mile, uh, the Met Handicap. So we remember our buddy Bolt Doro from the Derby, who uh, was my Derby pick, who I liked in there. I think he's yep. going to be a good horse to use in your exotics. I won't have him on top in here though, but I think he's going to be good cutting back to a mile. Uh, I like that he's. Did you like Awesome Slew, uh, Craig's pick as well? Yeah, yeah, I think he's a real good horse to include in the exotics. Uh, but the horse that I'm going to uh, bet on top is one-liner. Um, you know, let's, let's take a look at one-liner race by race. He was a horse who was very good last year. He was undefeated, and he got injured. He won the Southwest. He was three for three. Comes back. He has a, a year layoff. He comes back, and he runs in an allowance race at Gulfstream Park. And he's not bad. It's just a small field. But he finishes third that day. That's just that's the race coming back, you know, that he needs to get under his belt. Not bad at all. Next start at Keeneland, a nice winner. He has speed, but he can sit just off the pace a little bit. Most recently, he was over at Pimlico. It was a sloppy racetrack in the Pimlico Special. He was a good second that day behind Irish Warcry. He just could never get the Irish Warcry, who snuck away on the front end. I like the fact that he was able to hold second. He held off untrapped. And you look at this race. There isn't a ton of early speed on paper. I think B. Jersey's going, and B. Jersey is probably the quickest. Bolt won't be too far. And lim- I mean, to be honest, actually, I'm sorry, Limousine Liberal, now that, that he's going to run in this race, is the speed. I'd imagine they're going to they're be going because they decided to run in this race and not in the Friday True North race. So Limousine Liberal is going to be on the front end. And then, you know, one liner can really sit in a great spot. You know, B. Jersey will probably be right behind them in the second spot, and one liner might be in third or fourth, cutting back, little punch third off the long layoff. He's 12 to one on the morning line. I think he seems to me more like a six to one shot in here. I think he's, he's a real interesting horse to play and I'll probably be playing him to win. Yeah. I, I like one liner as well. It's a good uh, long shot play there. My top choice is B Jersey. You know, I'm kind of an early speed handicapper. So, uh, you know, a lot of times you see those horses get the lead and stay, stay there. Um, I know it's a little bit different think, at Belmont than on the West coast get the lead in front of limousine, limousine liberal. Uh, he's going to have to, right? Because uh, this cut, this horse is kind of a one-trick pony, isn't he? I guess it's, maybe if you go back to his race at Churchill uh, back last November, it looked like uh, you know he was able to you know, maybe come off the pace a little bit, but even there he couldn't get get to the winner's circle. But I, I like this horse. It seems like he's like in really good form, and oh, he's um, in great form. You know, great form. He, I it like it up. when you when you yeah, I like it when when you see a horse that wins at the distance at three different racetracks. You know, now I know the the competition was probably a little bit inferior to what some of these other competitors have run against, but uh, Asmussen, you know, in this spot is is pretty lethal. So I think I'll probably use your number six, and I'll use Craig's number eleven, which is Awesome Slew, 
and include McCracken. If you slow, uh, throw out McCracken's sloppy racetrack races, source is pretty good, man. Source is pretty good. If you if you throw out those two, he's a uh, six for nine on uh, on the win end. So um, you know McCracken knows how to get to the to, to to the winner's circle. So I think I'll probably do a four horse try box there, which would be. Four, six, ten, eleven. Probably do the same thing as an exacta box, and maybe even do the same for a two dollar and forty cent, ten cent super. And that's we're talking about the uh, ninth race at Belmont Park on Saturday. That is the uh, the Met. The Met Mile. Um, yeah. The race right before that. There's one uh, I'll give you who I think is kind of coming into the race in good form too. But again, like some of these races, I just don't think you're going to get tons of value. That that's probably my best play uh, on the other card. Um, with, uh, with one liner. The eighth race, which is just a game, uh, there'll probably be two horses that I used in the exotics there, Proctor's Ledge and uh, Raving Beauty. Raving Beauty, pretty obvious, came into the Chad Brown barn last time out. It was impressive. I think she's just heading in the right direction. And Proctor's Ledge is, is a horse who comes off of a very nice victory last time out. I think had a, legit, a legitimate excuse, a couple starts back for the poor performance in the Jenny Wiley at Keeneland. And uh, they've said that she just doesn't really like Keeneland. And what's funny, that's what the connections, the trainer said. He said, I don't know what it is about Keeneland. She just doesn't run her best here. And if you really look at that and you, and you use that in her form, she really stands out even more. So I think she's a really great play in here, Proctor's Ledge. And uh, I'll probably be playing Proctor's Ledge to win. I'll probably use just these two in some of the rolling exotics. What did you think of Lull, number four? No, no, no real knocks on Lull. Um, I'm Lowell, I've seen, I remember Lowell from out here in Southern California. I just think that like Lowell's, Vic, Lowell's win last time out was, uh, got the lead, you know, was able to go quick and hold on kind of race. And I think against classier horses, like that kind of a trip is just a little bit more difficult to get. So, uh, I don't think she'll get that trip again today in this particular group. Um, right before uh, it's like same thing, like the seventh race. I have two horses in the, in the Woody Stevens on the, my fantasy team, and they're actually both really, really live in here. Um, Cam Thaka and Strike Power. Uh, Strike Power was one who was trying to get into the Derby, but he was never a horse that they, they really thought could go long. He ran well in the Fountain of Youth, so it was, okay, let's give him another shot going a mile and an eighth now in the Florida Derby. And he, remember, he dueled with Promises Fulfilled, and they actually both show up in here. Now they're cutting back to a sprint. But, man, as is the case in, in most of these sprint races, there is a lot of speed uh, on paper. It, it looks like they're going to be cooking up front. So that really should set up for, the, uh, for Kanthaka, you know, from, uh, for Jerry Hollendorfer, who comes in from SoCal, and who just loves seven for the lungs. He's another one who just he tried going a little bit longer, couldn't go long, just didn't have the same late punch. They just said he's so much better when you cut him back and you go seven for a long. So, unfortunately... I'm not giving you much there based on value, but they do look like two of the more likely horses to win. I, I've been hearing that strike power is really training well coming into the race also. Sure. And so uh, I guess we're going kind of uh, sequentially yeah, backwards, going backwards So, yeah. yeah so in race, the, in race six, you, so you have that on good authority that Stormy Liberal will be scratched out of this one? Or have they already announced it? Oh, I didn't. Uh, let me see. I didn't. I'm not positive. Oh, I'm sorry. You were talking about limousine liberal. Excuse me. I apologize. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nonsense. I was talking about yeah, limousine liberal. Yeah, limousine yep. liberal was supposed to was cross. See, I've got all the liberal. The liberals liberal are just have... confusing the hell out of me, Gino. Liberals yeah, are making no, a lot no of noise lately. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem. Yeah, I don't. I don't. And as we kind of continue to go backwards, I didn't really have uh, like 
much of a strong opinion in the sixth race, the turf sprint, and, and some of the grass races earlier on in the day, I'm going to kind of make, wait and see because we don't really know how the, the track's going to be playing yet and what the weather will be like, especially if we see it, it's going to be bad early. So I'll kind of just take more of a wait-and-see approach and not a real strong opinion in that turf sprint. But uh, a horse to maybe use in the fifth race, um, the Brooklyn, what's wrong with take your guns in here? You know, just a lightly raced horse, figuring it out. This is a horse who they've obviously always thought was a distance horse, beautifully bred. Um, his real only poor race was in the Peter Pan last year, and it was behind a good horse, and it was a race that sent him to the bench for, you know, 10 months and uh, or nine months. He's come back since, and he's won really, really well. So I'm expecting a big performance, another step forward from take your guns. And, you know, you look up and down hey, the field. Hey, I, don't, and, I, I, don't, uh, I don't blame you on that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, you like that one. Uh, you, you like that yeah, one. I, no, I, I agree. I, I like that pick. One yeah, at the at, at the track, you know, got a victory under his belt. Obviously, a mile and a half is always kind of interesting. But uh, I think that's that's a solid pick, a six to one. Yeah, I think it's, you know, he's probably going to come down a little just because he's a good, he, when you look at this race, he's probably the most intriguing horse to bet on. He's just, he has the most upside. A lot of these horses, we know kind of who they are. Opportunities, okay. he's a nice horse. He battles. Um, his most recent win, he didn't beat a whole ton, but he can run all day long. Um, but but other than that, I, I just don't, you know, Al Play was a horse who had a little bit of buzz early on when he was a three-year-old. He hasn't quite been as good. He, he bounced a little bit off his win, but he, he hooked Limousine Liberal last time out. So maybe you'll just get a little speed from Al Play. But I just, you know, War Story won the race last year. Gave a shout to War Story because it's a good friend of uh, uh, connections with Dave Weaver, who's actually a partial owner of war story there. Yep, um, yep. and he's good buddies with the connections and we're always rooting for, uh, for Luch and Glenn Ellis and the, and the, and the boys with war story. So good luck, uh, him hitting the board. He's actually become a really consistent older horse over the last couple of years. Um, you know, a, a horse who's going to pick up another million in earnings this year. He's already picked up 930,000 and he earned a million, uh, last year. So, um, a, a nice, uh, a nice horse for the owners, but for me, take your guns. It'll probably be like seven to two, you know, good stuff. You know, we actually, uh, this hour has flown by. We've got like a minute and a half left. Obviously, we had reserved a lot more time to talk NBA, but seeing that the series is over, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, didn't yeah, feel a great need a to necessarily talk a lot about it. It's, the talk conversation is going to be more about LeBron and the offseason, and you and I yeah, talked off there about that a little bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, save we'll, that for we'll next week. We'll talk a lot week. about that coming up. Because yeah, July I, I is do when, wanna, when that really gets important, you know. Exactly. That, that's when that really exactly. starts to heat up. Yep, and we'll talk a little bit NBA draft as well and stuff. I do. I, I would like to uh, make a quick French Open reference. Great matchup between two Americans, Sloan Stevens and Madison Keys. Stevens won that 6-4, 6-4. Nice to see an American. We were guaranteed to see an American advance, so that was pretty cool. Nadal won, lost the first set, stormed back, won the next three in a row. I love me some tennis, man. And we're going to have to oh, nice. you know, bring a okay, guest we'll on one of these days. Sure. Very underrated sure. sport. Very underrated like sport. And, yeah, and that's probably because we haven't had a male. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the reason why we don't have a lot of excitement here in the U.S. about it. Most of the great players have been on the, the female side. Uh, you know, obviously with the Williams sisters, et cetera, and even some of these youngsters like Madison Keys and Sloan Stevens and stuff like that. Haven't had any men that have been good really since the Sampras Agassi days. But, uh, you know, a few in between, but no real like top level number one ranking type guys but you know we'll see if we could talk a little bit about that in a bit but we got to wrap up the show here so thank you all for joining us thanks again to craig milkowski for joining us 
Great conversation, Gino. Let's do it again. Same time, same place next week. Have a great sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a great week.